How are you? Living the dream. Yeah. So, okay. I will say why. I couldn't join the live last night. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> we spent the day in the desert in Utah. <laughs> we were doing four-wheeling and stuff with, with my husband's work, and so we kind of got trapped out there because... Josh had a little bit too much to drink, and I have never pulled a trailer before, so he had to wait till he was good to drive. And it ended up being almost like 9.30 before Oh, really? Could... Yeah. Dang. So, we're safe. We're good. Yes. But we can blame Josh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not a big deal. I don't think so. Oh, sorry. No, Katie, what's this? What's this life for? <laughs> what are we doing? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> So if um, you are, what's the word, uh, a big fan of ours, <laughs> and, you know, fan. and you know that our episode 20 was supposed to air today, and, <laughs> and I'm blaming April for jinxing us because <laughs> literally in the car, she was like, what if like, because we're in this area, like what if something just goes wrong with the audio and like we have issues later on? I'm like, yeah, that would suck. Well, yeah. and then I procrastinated. So I guess it's a lot of my fault, too. So I procrastinated procrastinated until Friday night to edit the damn thing. And I realized that our audio got cut off after 25 minutes of us recording. So all you really heard was us, like, just bantering. bantering. Yeah, it wasn't really even an intro. It was just like us, like, driving, being like, oh, so what do you want to eat? I'm like, oh, we need gas. And, like, <laughs> not much to it. Sorry. It's the aliens, really. If we want to, if we want to blame anybody, we can blame them because it wasn't us. It wasn't us. We didn't turn off the recording. No. It just, just happened. Right. So, this is going to be the intro to our episode twenty, and so we're basically re-recording right now. Um, you guys get to be part of the live for just the intro, and then we're going to turn it off, tell our stories, and then. I'm going to edit this probably tonight and hopefully get it on Patreon, or not Patreon, on, you know, Spotify and places tomorrow. That's, that's the goal. That's crossing our fingers because, you know, I'm sure everybody really cares that we don't have an episode coming today, you? <laughs> I don't know, though, because, like, every, every time we do publish one, we have listeners within the first, like, hour of us publishing it, you know, so. Which blows my mind because it's... It yeah. still surprises me that people listen, even though it's like a small group, but it still surprises me in general. Yeah. So thank you for those who wake up at the butt crack of dawn on Sunday morning and mm -hmm. listen to our episodes. It's super nice of you. Yeah, for real. I, I imagine, I don't know, I either think that they're waking up really early or they're like working a night shift and they're like, well, I have nothing else to listen to. So. Or they're in a different time zone, which makes sense. <laughs> or they're not, like, in the bubble that we live in. <laughs> <laughs> or they're not in Utah. What? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you something. Oh. I, I have a new pet. What? That is not domesticated. <laughs> a raccoon? No. Oh. It's a bird. A skunk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bird. A hummingbird. A hummingbird. Yeah. Have, did you see my video I posted? I did. He's so cute. I've never had a hummingbird feeder, and I've always wanted one. Yeah, they're so easy. Yeah, I should get one. 
You should. Do you hear the birds all up in my business over here? I do. Really your your birds are a lot noisier than my birds. Yeah, it's because we have these gigantic trees all over the place, and they just ah. Oh. Did you want to just poop? No, oh. Cooper just never mind. <laughs> okay, my dog. Well, just fill in the blanks with your facial expression. Okay. <laughs> oh, we both have bowls of coffee. Oh yeah. Nice. Cheers. Yeah. Um, a regular sized coffee is like what six ounces or something. That's not enough. I, what I, is in yours? Oh, it's hot chocolate. You know oh, when you not. microwave it and like it gets all like crusty on the sides? Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to microwave it with the chocolate in it. Mm -hmm. I think you're supposed to, no, you heat up the water and then you mix in the mixins of the hot chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, what I do is I set the timer for a minute and then at 30 seconds I take it out so, okay, it's just water in the beginning. <laughs> and then I microwave it for 30 seconds, take it out, put the powder in, stir it up, put it in for another 30 seconds, take it out, stir it up. Then I put in my creamer and my syrups, stir that. Then I put it in for another, like, 30 seconds, depending on how hot it is. It's really like a good taste test at that point. It sounds oh, really complicated when you could just heat up the water and put the stuff in it once the water is hot. It doesn't, Stir it. it doesn't taste the same. But then you don't get the crusty chocolate on your cup. <laughs> I can just wash it off. It's not a big deal. But then you're missing the chocolate that could have been in your water no. to make chocolatey. It's still great. It's. I don't feel like I'm missing out. We're going to have to agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I disapprove of the way you make hot chocolate. That's well, all I've got to say. That's fine. Do you put, do you put creamer in yours? Um, I haven't had, had hot chocolate in a long time. Oh. I just have coffee with, yes. My coffee to creamer ratio is like 70-30 and 70 is the, the cream. creamer. <laughs> I used to be like that, but it just got, like after a while, it just starts to taste just like creamer, you know? And you yeah. get sick of it. And then I'm like, oh, I need more coffee. So now I'm almost a black coffee drinker. I'm almost there. That means you're almost in your middle ages. <laughs> I know. That means I'm almost really old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you can drink black coffee, which I'm not saying that's a bad thing. To me, it's the worst tasting thing in the world. But, but I feel like once you reach a certain age, then it becomes more acceptable. <laughs> so we have, we have a, a commenter and oh. it's from my favorite burger pod and they agree with you april they said that you definitely need to heat the water first <laughs> i don't think i really don't think that it's necessary <laughs> i don't i think it is i don't my no. favorite burger pod okay well that brings up a topic what is your favorite burger me Some or them you because i can't ask i mean i guess i could ask them. <laughs> Yeah, tell us what your favorite burger. We should probably just listen to their podcast, April, because then that no, will tell we us. Because then we can actually know the answer. And right. Well, but I want quick results. <laughs> just tell me what your favorite burger is. No, we're we're gonna check back. Don't you worry. They might have left. Who knows? <laughs> they might have because we ignored them for much too long. Um, anyway, what my favorite burger? Um, you know, do you want to know what it is? Like one that I can scarf yeah, that's down. The one that I can just scarf down every time, no problems, no questions asked. 
is the mushroom Swiss burger from Arctic Circle. Arctic Circle. Arctic Circle. <laughs> Arctic. 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 Arctic Circle. Yep. Um, I have to say that's gross because Arctic Circle, I feel like, is like the lower tier of quality it is. in fast food. And you would pick their Swiss burger, mushroom Swiss burger, over any other burger you can get anywhere in Utah. Yep. Here's why, though. Can I explain why? <laughs> I like, guess. What, they're, what they do different <laughs> compared to other people, which I'm like, it's not for everybody. But what I like is that their burger is smaller, and they don't go, like, overboard with it. Because, like, okay, if you go to JCW's or wherever and you get a mushroom burger, they like make it like that freaking big. Do you think my mouth can stretch over a burger that big? Just do it like our dad does and ah. shake your head. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> oh, okay, hold on, do you respond? <laughs> okay, hold on. Um, I say he, I don't know if she, I don't know, I'm sorry, I, I assumed gender. They responded. Okay, so each episode they share their favorite burgers but they're not always burgers in the way you think. And then he agrees, yes, mushroom Swiss is good. Oh, but they would say to throw in some avocado. And they also agree a huge burger is not the way to go. That's the thing, is that that will turn me off from a burger so fast. If it is too big for my hands to even hold, I'm taking shit off of it. I'm, I'm... Do you want to know my favorite burger yes. that solves your problem, but also is way better than our Arctic Circle? <laughs> what? Five Guys, the little burger, the little cheeseburger, so the kid size. Uh-huh. And you put mushroom and Swiss cheese on it. That's oh. what I do. And it's small enough that it doesn't make me feel gross. And it's the best burger. They make them right there so you know that it's not freaking question meat, like freaking Arctic Circle. I can't say Arctic, it's bugging me. It's so bad. But, they, but they put signs up saying it's real. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it would be false advertising, right? Yes, but do you know how many people or places actually false advertise most of their stuff? Like, if it's not required, I'm going to say all the wrong things because I know nothing about anything. If it's not required by the FDA, <laughs> nope, I don't know, one of those acronyms. <laughs> Somebody in charge. Required by them to, like, like even even things that are, are supposedly like gluten-free if they're marked gluten-free they're not always gluten-free you have to look at the nutrition facts to confirm that it's mm. gluten-free because anyone can slap gluten-free on it but that's lying <laughs> no but it happens because we're in a world full of liars and cheats and yeah all those well april what is your favorite burger i just told you Oh. Five guys, little burger with mushrooms and Swiss cheese. Yours is also a mushroom and Swiss? I love mushrooms on anything. Wow. I didn't know we had the yeah. same favorite burger. Just in different yeah, places. I refuse to accept your answer. <laughs> I think that you ought to try it. I can't. I will I will assume that oh, it's geez, not sorry. really hamburger meat. <laughs> Because it's from Arctic Circle. 
I don't think that, I don't think it's real. I don't know. Yeah, I guess there's no way to find out. How would you find out? I don't know, send it to a lab. <laughs> like, this is real meat. <laughs> like, can you test what kind of meat's in this? Like hot dogs, I have a really hard time eating now because it's all question meat. Yeah, yeah, it's just like meat. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's like meat Play-Doh. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's just like anything that kind of like falls in the thing and they make a, a, a wiener out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's even like rat meat in there. Rat meat? Yes, because the rats get in the machines. I can't eat hot dogs, that's <laughs> what I'm saying to you. It freaks me out. Yeah, that's, um, that's gross. Yeah, it is. Um, well, there was something else I was gonna tell you, April. I can't remember. <laughs> that's too bad. <laughs> Should we start our episode? Yeah, let's start our episode. This is Gumby. Oh, such a sweet puppy. No, he's not. He's a serial killer. (laughs) This dog, I caught freaking playing with a baby bird yesterday and i needed him for like 30 minutes after that i was like oh, a baby bird yeah and then this is pooper oh that's goopy poops he's such a sweet puppy <laughs> yeah dogs man <laughs> okay anyway so i'm redoing yeah. <laughs> the horriblest thing it'll be fine it'll be great i think i remember this one pretty good my story is more recent than the other ones I've been doing. Okay, so my story is about the brutal murders of Bree Lynn Odison, goes by Breezy, and Riley Powell. Okay. Um, I got my information from KSLTV.com, GetParkDaily.com, BuzzFeed News, uh, Gen Y Pod, Everpedia. Salt Lake Tribune, and CBS News. So Breelin, who goes by Breezy, Breezy was 17 and Riley was 18. And they were just young, in love, dating. Um, They were really close. And on December 29th, 2017, they were on their way home from Tooele to go back home to Eureka, Utah, where they lived with Riley's grandfather. Mm -hmm. And isn't that, sorry, isn't that drive like through the desert? Yeah, it's like pretty. It's like in the back. It's like, yeah, it's like on the back side of the mountain, right? Yeah, I think so. Right. So, like, anybody who isn't in Utah, like, on one side of the mountain is just desert. (laughs) Like, there's really nothing. Yeah. And on the other side of the mountain is like the Salt Lake Valley or like Tula Valley or Utah County. Like, it's, it's like there's valleys that have cities in them. And then the valleys that don't, it's just desert. Yeah. So, if you're trying to get from one, small town to another small town you're usually driving through just stray road of nothing yeah so so they were visiting riley's mom in Tooele, from what i understand for christmas and stuff so on their way home from that they didn't make it they were reported missing by family on january 2nd 2018 for months the <laughs> family and police searched for the teen couple and on january 11th the Jeep they were driving was found by the Department of Public Safety. 
It was near the Cherry Creek Reservoir on a road hidden in trees, and the Jeep had two flat tires. The windows were all rolled rolled down, but Breezy and Riley were nowhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. On March 28th, two bodies were discovered in an abandoned mine in Utah County. Okay. The bodies appeared to be a male and a female, both in their teens. Both bodies had their hands bound, and the male had multiple stab wounds, and the female's throat was cut. Um, it was later identified that these bodies that were found in the mine shaft were those of Breezy and Riley. That's so sad. So when did they visit their mom? So they were on their way home on December 29th, and then their bodies were found March 28th. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the mine shaft went as deep as 1,800 miles into the earth, but the bodies were discovered. Uh, Wasn't well, it 1,800 feet? <laughs> I forgot the conversation last time. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, but maybe it is miles. I don't know anything about geography, maybe, or geology. 1,800 miles <laughs> deep. That just seems really, really, like, to the moon, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 1,800 miles. How deep is the typical mine? <laughs> <laughs> the deepest mine is two and a half miles. Okay, <laughs> so 1,800 feet, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I said miles, but that was incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're good. Anyway, okay. The last place they were seen was in Tooele, Utah at Riley's mother's house. Police got a search warrant for her home, but they didn't find anything to suspect foul play of any kind at, at that home. Wouldn't that be so horrifying? Like having someone leave your house yeah. And that was the last place that they were like checked in at, you know? Yeah, you're going to be a suspect. Yeah, like what if, or what if they just find something that was coincidental? Yeah, and you're like, what the fuck? I've never owned a knife. <laughs> or like, what if one of them had a bloody nose in the bathroom or something, you know? And then, ugh, gosh, I don't know. I mean, it's probably more complex than that. I just, a lot of things make me anxious. <laughs> but remember our conversation from episode one where we're just not going to invite anybody to our house? Oh. <laughs> Especially if we think they're going to be murdered. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Let's see. Where was I? Um, Investigators later discovered that on Riley's Facebook, he was messaging a woman named Morgan Lewis Henderson, and she was 34 years old, which kind of a weird age to be friends with teens. Just my opinion. Yeah. On their way home, they stopped at her house in Mammoth, Utah. And they just hung out and smoked weed together. And that was the plan to get stuff from her on their way home. Mm, Okay. So on January 25th, 2018, a month after they went missing, Morgan was interviewed by police. Um, She claimed she never saw the couple and they never showed up to her house. But after extensive questioning by the investigators, she admitted they had visited her, but she didn't know where they had gone after that. She's like, well, they left and I don't know where they went, you know? Yeah. But each time they interviewed Morgan, her story would change. On March 25th, Morgan was pulled over for speeding and arrested on possession of drugs and weapons as a restricted person. She felt tremendous guilt and told police the truth of what happened to Breezy and Riley. So she was pulled over for something unrelated. Yes. And she she used that opportunity to be like, something else I have to tell you guys. Yes. 
I see. was under the influence, but mm. the guilt had gotten to her. And yeah. you'll hear like where like where her headspace was at in that time. So I'm going to kind of be going over like a summary of what happened and then going back into detail of like what's going on. So just hold okay. your verses. So she said her boyfriend, Jared Baum, had come home when Breezy and Riley were visiting. He was upset, freaked out, and lost his mind that Morgan had a guy in their house. He lost it, and he and she told police that Jared had murdered them. March 27th, just two days after that, um, what should I call it? Uh, interview. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, it's right there in my notes. Okay. <laughs> I'm struggling really bad. I woke up like 30 minutes before we did this. Okay. Me too. I woke up at 8 30 and I was like, I thought my hair is fine. And I looked in the mirror and I'm like, oh, I got a shower. <laughs> well, I showered last night and then like I went to bed with my wet hair. And so it looked absolutely insane. And so I <laughs> yeah. had to straighten my hair and then hurry and get all this stuff out here. And I was like, well, this is how today's going. Okay. So March 27th, Morgan led police to the bodies in the mine shaft in Utah County. Shortly after Morgan was arrested for suspicion of obstruction of justice, obstruction of justice, suspicion mm-hmm. of obstruction, suspicion of obstruction of justice for initially lying. <laughs> I know it's hard for initially <laughs> lying about knowing where the teens were in April of 2018. Um, Jared Baum was charged with first-degree murder in the deaths of Breezy and Riley, and they tacked on some other felonies as well. Morgan was also charged with with two second-degree felony counts of obstructing justice. In 2019, Baum pleaded not guilty and waived his right to a speedy trial. During this time, Morgan made a deal with prosecutors that for her testimony, she would get lesser charges. So Morgan testified as to what actually happened on December 29th. So she tells the following story in her testimony. Jared was upset, of course, that she had a guy friend. Uh, He was Mm -hmm. jealous and upset and had previously told her, if you ever have a guy in our house, he's going to lose it. Um, So he said, quote, I told you you couldn't have guy friends. And she was worried that he'd be violent. But she said his anger completely turned off and he was charming. So he was like, losing it and then he like switched it off and then was just fine and normal he calmly like grabbed her a jacket and some gloves because it was in the winter right and he had them all get into riley's jeep and started driving to the west desert bomb apologized to the teams for the inconvenience but the car was silent they knew the guy was like in a weird headspace yeah yeah unhinged The car was weird. It was intense. And he was like, sorry for the inconvenience. And he's just driving Riley's Jeep with them in the backseat. And so they're like freaking the hell out. Oh, Um, wait. I don't think I ever like put that together that he was driving their car. Yeah. And then he dumped their Jeep after. Right. Right. Wait, then how did he get back? I don't know. They would have to have taken two cars. Unless they did dump the Jeep later. Like they went back to the house and then yeah, grabbed a second car and went back. Yeah. Mm, maybe. Huh. There's a hole in this story and it's probably my fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it probably just wasn't that big of a detail. Well, I mean, I guess it kind of is a big detail. I just don't know the answer to it. <laughs> okay. So 
Um, Morgan said that she didn't realize that her friend Riley and his girlfriend Breezy were bound and gagged until Bomb put the Jeep in park at the foot of a cliff. So once they got out of the car, she realized that they were they had their hands tied and couldn't talk, you know. Wow. He had them get out and started walking the teens into the dark. She said, quote, I thought I was going to die. So Morgan thought that she was part of it, part of it, that she was also on her way to being hurt. Right. Yeah. Breezy apparently asked bomb to untie her and that she was pregnant. And all he said was, quote, we're almost there. When bomb stopped walking, they were at the gaping mouth of the mine shaft. This is where his charming demeanor had disappeared. He forced Morgan and Breezy to their knees and Riley asked if he could kiss his girlfriend one more time. Bomb started to beat Riley and call him names, but she soon realized that or Morgan soon realized that uh, Bomb was actually stabbing Riley. She heard a gurgling noise and Riley yelled, quote, I'm dying. Oh, my gosh. Bum waved goodbye, Riley, you piece of shit, and pushed his body over the edge. Oh, my gosh. Breezy was crying and pleading with Bum, saying, quote, I promise I won't tell anyone. And he replied, quote, it's okay, darling, and started rocking her. Um, He, like, went behind her and was, like, rocking her. And then Morgan remembered feeling a warm a warmth on her leg and realized it was breezy's blood uh bomb had slit her throat and pushed her down the mine shaft after Um, bomb began trying to cover the blood by pushing dirt around and morgan testified that he said quote like lambs to the slaughter they didn't even fight uh she said he looked manic high and overjoyed she said that he told her the next time that she started to cry about riley that he or she should think about her son and if he wanted or if she wanted to see him grow up uh bomb then bleached and burned their clothes afterward and hid riley's jeep um morgan said that she felt so much guilt and she felt responsible she thought if she told the truth to authorities that her son's life would be in danger so she went to the mountains She took mushrooms with the intent to kill herself. That's when she was pulled over for speeding with possession and driving erratically, right? She said one of the officers said, quote, the truth will set you free. And she realized she wanted the families to know what had happened. So it's like divine intervention almost that she was pulled over in time for Mm -hmm. like, otherwise they would have never found them. No, but it's just so sad that she was like. Instead, like I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't tell the truth. So I had to do like, I had to die with the, with the truth or else. Yeah. But luckily she told the truth and I feel like it's hard to say that if you tell the truth, you know, everything will be okay and no one's going to come after you, but you just never know. And that's the fear of people who know things and people who are victims of things and they're threatened, you know, it's Mm -hmm. scary to tell the truth, you know? Yeah. Okay. A judge decided that there was enough evidence to move the case forward to trial. The trial was moved to 2020 and delayed again due to COVID. So March 7th, 2022, the trial for the murder of Riley and Breezy begins almost four years after their murders. Prosecutor Ryan McBride said, quote, 
He retaliated against Riley and Morgan and made her watch so she would know this is what happens when you break his rules. Much of the prosecution's case is based on Morgan's testimony, which was questioned by the defense. Attorney Dallas Young said there was lack of DNA evidence linking the slayings, but that's because Baum had bleached and burned the clothes. Yeah. He said, you can't believe Morgan and you cannot be convinced beyond a reasonable doubt. They questioned her sobriety and that's why she's not trusted. Prosecutors originally sought the death penalty, but Utah County Attorney David Levitt later took it off the table because he had vowed to no longer pursue capital punishment. So Levitt said Friday, I don't remember what Friday this was. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So Levitt said that more resources were used in this case than any other in the history of Utah County. Wow. While a conviction like this will never bring back neither Riley nor Breezy, I hope that today's guilty verdict will in some measure begin the healing process for the victims of this crime. He said also, quote, my heart goes out to the victims of this crime, their families and friends. They have gone through an unspeakable ordeal. On April 13th, 2022, so just last month, Mm-hmm. After closing arguments, the jury deliberated and ultimately found Baum guilty of two counts of aggravated murder, first degree felony, two counts of aggravated kidnapping, a first degree felony, obstruction of justice, a second degree felony, and two counts of abuse or des- desecration of a dead human body, a third degree felony. Sentencing is scheduled for June 1st, which is next week. Mm-hmm. That's on Wednesday. Yeah. And prosecutors will be seeking life without the possibility of parole. And I will make sure that I update. Follow up. Yes, please. Breezy's obituary said Breezy loved her family and friends and she had a, had a larger than life personality. She enjoyed listening to music, parties, baseball, gymnastics, swimming, being outdoors, and most of all, spending time with her family. Riley's obituary said, quote, Riley truly loved life to the fullest, enjoying dragster racing, basketball, off-roading in his dad's Jeep, driving fast, and always looking for the next adventure. Riley loved his family, pets, and he loved Breezy. Riley brought joy to those around him with a shy smile and quick wits. Oh, that's so sad. It's, it's really upsetting that these two young lives were lost because of a crazy, jealous, domestic issue. Yeah, it had nothing to do with anything. Anything. And because the simple fact that they were in that house and that Riley was a male, he had a girlfriend with him. So, right. like, if, if the issue was jealousy, like, that was enough to say, oh, he's not here for my woman. But right. yet, the fact... That this insane human put to like put together that this male is in the house and it's a threat to him is absolutely insane to and to the fact that he would reach the conclusion that this is the only solution to his problem is to remove these people and breezy literally had zero things to do with his manic craziness but yeah and she was pregnant right yeah well she yeah she said that before she was murdered we're not sure i like i don't know if she really was or not it wasn't in any of the articles i i read just that she said that and i don't know if that was um 
just trying to get sympathy so that she could save her life or if it was yeah i'm not sure right but it just goes to show that morgan was in a very controlling and domestic like psychologically violent abusive home with her partner and i'm not saying this as good as i did last time but if you or anyone you know is a victim of domestic violence or psychological abuse by a controlling partner. There are resources locally and nationally. The Utah Domestic Violence Coalition, you can reach by calling 1-800-897-LINK. It's 1-800-897-5465. Um, They provide free and confidential support for victims and survivors of domestic and intimate partner violence. The National Domestic Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-7233. And that is the story of Breezy and Riley's murders. That's very sad. I know. What a bummer. They were from Eureka? Yeah, they lived in Eureka with Riley's grandfather, and uh, they were visiting Riley's mom in Tooele. I see. That is so sad. Like you were saying, like, it's just so frustrating that none of it had to happen. No. You know, like, it was just this person who flipped, you know? Uh, Yeah, and I don't know if it was, I don't think it was in my notes anywhere, but they believe that this probably wasn't the first time he's done that. Oh, been violent towards others and just they haven't put the pieces together with with them yet wow that's insane well my coffee is cold now (laughs) i know i was gonna drink my hot chocolate but i'm like it doesn't even look hot (laughs) (laughs) right you ready for my part two yeah there's thunder really (laughs) yeah oh my gosh it might start downpouring and i no joke will be the happiest person alive yeah the clouds are really thick over here too but i don't hear any thunder does your weather thing, weather app, say that it's going to be thundery? Uh, not thundery. It just said that rain is coming. Oh. It's very, like, dramatic the way it's Rain is coming. Well, that's... Oh, uh, breaking news. A hurricane approaches Mexico. Oh, no. Well, uh, yeah, my, my phone just says it's just going to rain. <laughs> Mine says it's going to be lightning and thunder. But you're, like, right next to the lake, so... Yeah, so that makes our weather that... really weird. Yeah. Like, we don't get a lot of snow when other people get a lot of snow, which is really weird. I don't understand lake effect at all, but that has something to do with it. I don't know. I don't know either. (laughs) So We're like, I don't know anything about this. And we just sit there and look and ponder for a second. Okay, well, let me get my notes back up here. Hold on. All right. So this is a part two to my Skinwalker Ranch story from last episode. (laughs) I haven't actually looked at my notes since we recorded so this is this might be a little rough and i i hope it it's okay is. mine was rough too but people are just gonna have to understand <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man so the recap is sherry and gwen sherman is when like the real document like that's when things really started to become documented like that's when they started to say okay there really is something here mm-hmm. and it's unexplainable So eventually, Terry and Gwen Sherman, they decided to put their experiences into the local news. They also did this so that they could bring awareness to the property so that they could sell it. Okay. So the Sherman family, they were reporting to the news that they were seeing creatures in the woods, entities out of their windows, and weird memory problems. 
Um, they even saw mysterious crop circles throughout the property on top of their animals being killed and slaughtered for no reason. I have to say crop circles freak me out. There's no explanation. You know what I mean? Right. You can say, oh, some people did it, but it's like the design of a crop circle is they can be so weird and like intricate. You know You know what my theory is? And this is if aliens are real. My theory is, okay, if they're traveling to Earth from wherever they're coming from, they have to go really fast, right? The rain is starting. If it gets to be too loud, let me know. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. So if aliens were coming to Earth, <laughs> <laughs> you'd think that they'd be, like, traveling at really fast speed, right? Yes. And you know how, like, when meteors are, like, falling, they're, like, they're burning? Yeah. So if their spaceship is going at fast speeds maybe they have technology where it doesn't burn but it's probably really hot so when it lands it's like burning into the ground Mm, i could see that that's my theory on crop circles i'm so happy it's raining i'm so sorry but yes (laughs) yes i i can't tell if your excited face is because of what i'm saying or because of the rain (laughs) crop circle i'm like that's a good thought right you're like (laughs) <laughs> oh my god um yeah i agree i agree that could be a possibility but i also am kind of scared to even think about what i can be. i'm sorry there's that lightning. lightning i think i saw that oh. this was well, entertaining if yeah my face is a- <laughs> are you gonna be electrocuted holding a microphone that went on for like two minutes i can hear it it's still going that was like a two-minute freaking thunder. <laughs> well, I saw the flash. But did you hear the thunder actually, or was I doing that for no reason? <laughs> no, no, I heard it. Unless oh, okay. it's the wind, but it sounded like brrr. Yeah. Like my stomach growling. Okay, move on. I'm sorry. I might interrupt you 45 times, but no, it's fine. It might make the story more entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So because of these stories, so people wanted to know what's happening on the property as well as the Shermans were trying to sell the property. So they were, I don't know if they were letting people come onto the property. I don't know exactly like what the dynamic was with all that. But basically a billionaire who just so happens to be obsessed with supernatural and and the paranormal, he gets word of these stories and he ends up buying the property. And this billionaire is named Robert Bigelow. Ah, ah, <laughs> ah Bigelow. <laughs> <laughs> he figured he would purchase a ranch to not only investigate what was happening on the property, but to also have the location be a type of headquarters for all of his projects and like the research that he was doing. Mm. After Bigelow purchased the property, Terry agreed to hang back and be like a property manager because Bigelow wasn't a rancher. Oh, yeah. He wasn't someone who knew how to take care of the property. He just wanted to investigate it. He wanted so was to he research like it. a scientist or was he just a businessman? I think he was a businessman with hobbies. Ah, expensive hobbies. Got it. I think. I'm pretty sure that he hired the scientists. Yeah. With all of his money. So. Yeah. So he's not he's not the brainiac. They are. Okay. I think. Gotcha. I think. So um so yeah Bigelow he's not a rancher. Um he needed somebody to hang around and like take care of things. So Terry decided to be that person because not only did he want to help, but he was also curious about what they'd find. So before purchasing the ranch though, Bigelow established NIDS, which is N-I-D-S. 
And that stands for National Institute for Discovery Science, which is essentially a team built of some of the nation's most intelligent people who are also skeptics of the paranormal. And they just go around and research and try to debunk it or prove or like just say if, you know, if it can be explained in any way. Do you feel safe? Yeah. Okay. If anything like, else is going to do is shock the top of my deck here and I don't care. What if it shocks your microphone? It won't. Look, it's okay. just going to hit that stuff. The metal yes, roof the is wood and all the wood would do is catch on fire. And I feel like I'll be fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can run. You can run from fire. Yeah. There's a lot of obstacles in my way. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Just stuff. Oh, I don't know. My uneven ground. <laughs> I will probably just fall. It's fine. It'll be fine. Okay. So before he purchased the ranch, he established NIDS, right? And it's full mm-hmm. of a bunch of brainiacs who just go and research places or a different phenomenon and try to get some kind of scientific explanation for what's going on. So the first year that NIDS is on the ranch conducting these tests, they're trying to get a basis for what is actually going on on the ranch and trying to prove or explain the experiences that the Sherman family have claimed while they're living on the property. So Skinwalker Ranch became their next project. Yeah. And they're going off of the stories that they have heard from the Sherman family. They checked things on the property, like the plants on the property, just to make sure they weren't giving off like spores or toxic gas that could somehow affect like the way you think. Because that can, you know, if you're hallucinating, then anything, you know, could be possible. Right. They checked the water supply on the ranch to make sure it wasn't toxic for the same reason. They performed psychological assessments of the family just to make sure that they weren't having delusions. You know, they weren't themselves just off. Over that first year, the team really couldn't find anything obvious to explain away the family's experiences, either environmentally or psychologically. During that first year, they also didn't really capture any evidence that anything was going on on the ranch other than strange lights off in the distance. After that first year, there was a day when Terry and Gwen were back on the property because Terry was putting tags on the cattle and he asked Gwen for some help. As they were working together, uh, one of the dogs began growling towards one area of the field that they were in. And when they walked over, they found one of the calves was on the ground dead and had been surgically dissected. The most frightening part of that story is that that calf had just been tagged so it happened in a split second yes it happened very fast they also said that the incisions were very precise like it wasn't like somebody just clawed it apart you know it was like so whoever did it knew what they were doing and they did it very fast and without anybody knowing that they were there without sounds without like anything just the dogs growling you know what it makes me think of what alien (laughs) (laughs) you know what that makes me think of aliens (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, but like, you know, because aren't they like invisible? We're like, um, that's exactly what we've been talking about. <laughs> I just mean like the part in the movie where they're like invisible. Isn't that a part? I haven't seen it since I was like a teen, a young, young. Oh, young the teen. alien versus predator thing. Yeah. Are uh, they invisible? I don't know. I don't remember. But they have that weird clicky sound. Or is that sixth sense? Remember? I don't remember. <laughs> We're going to have to go watch some movies. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen alien movies in a while, but there was one where it had like a weird clicky sound and it would like, and that's how they knew it was there. Or was that, uh, what is it called? A quiet place? I think that's it. I think that's what I'm thinking of. That clicky sound when there, it's like, like crouching. Around. I love how you're trying to do it. <laughs> Uh, I can't I can't do it (laughs) (laughs) okay well 
I just thought of what if what if it was an alien that did it and they were invisible. But I feel like they would have to do it in a split second still, like without the cow making sounds. So they'd I feel it's like true. they'd have to literally take the cow elsewhere and bring it back that quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to hide my chins from everybody. Sorry. You're good. Are you freezing? Um, no, I'm Do you want to take an intermission? I'm okay. All right. All right. So um where am I? Oh, so this calf uh-huh. dissected and dead. And also drained up its blood. See, that's why I feel like it has to be, they have to take it elsewhere or else there would be a puddle of blood somewhere. And what are they doing with the blood? They're cloning cows for their own planet because they didn't have any. They're like, humans really like these things. So maybe we'll just. They had a cheeseburger and they're like, we need those. So yeah. if that's what it's for, I'm cool with it. I mean, kind of, I guess. But would the blood be how you make alien burgers? I don't know. I just was thinking clones. I don't know how you clone things. I'm not. Oh, cloning. Yeah, that's right. DNA. Yeah, maybe. Maybe like one drop of blood is like a herd of cows and they're like, we're going to be rich. Yeah, (laughs) we're going to be rich. (gasps) That's the Arctic Circle beef. (laughs) (laughs) Alien cloned cows. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But yes, (laughs) I, I was just thinking the other day how each like franchise makes hundreds if not thousands of cheeseburgers a day yeah where is all this cow meat coming from because like if you think about the cow population let's think about the cow population think about the cow population okay like even in utah we do have like fields of cows and whatever but like that can't feed i don't understand how it's I don't know. It seems like it's not possible. Let me look up the approximate cow population in the U.S. There are 30.1 million beef cows in the United States as of January 1st of 2022. Okay, but they they make thousands of freaking cheeseburgers a day at one franchise location. How many how many cows does it take to make how many burgers? This is morbid. I don't like this thought. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to understand (laughs) The only thing I can think of to make any sense of it is that the aliens are bringing us more cow meat. <laughs> oh, like we have a, a like a like it said imported goods. Yeah, exactly. Imported goods. They're harvesting them for us because we have a cheeseburger problem in the U.S. This makes sense. So we've made a deal, and they're they're imported goods. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. It doesn't make any sense. I'm an idiot. Okay, go ahead. All right. So anyway, this incident got the researchers somewhat excited because this was the first experience that they had on the property since they arrived. Yeah. It was finally something that they could research. They immediately began searching the property, looking for clues to what or who could have been doing this. As they were driving around, they noticed that the dogs were still acting strange and like cowering backwards um, but still had their focus towards the wooded area terry drives over there and stops short of the tree line and he yells out to everyone look and just as they look over they see a massive wolf-like humanoid creature walking amongst the trees like a werewolf yeah like a skinwalker (laughs) you said that last time (laughs) are skinwalkers and werewolves the same thing no they're not the same but werewolves I guess they're very similar, though, because like it's like a transformation be. into yeah, like a wolf-like thing. like they thing. could be the same thing. They just have different stories behind them. Yeah, you're right. It's very similar. So werewolves are just aliens. Don't worry about it. 
Yeah. What if like all the cryptids that we have are just aliens, like alien animals? Yeah. That just got dropped off here. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, is that the thunder? Yeah. Oh, I can see rain coming down. Oh, you can? Yeah, behind you. It's raining pretty good. I'm surprised you can't hear on my annoying tin roof. Uh-uh. That's no. Good. Yeah. Okay. So they see this wolf-like humanoid creature along the, the tree line. And he yells up to everybody saying, look, look over there. So they all look. They all see it. Terry whips out his rifle and he starts firing at the creature. He So he starts like shooting at this creature and it just disappears into the woods. And remind you, this is with everybody watching. Like they all saw this happen. After the creature disappeared into the woods, the whole team fanned out and started looking and searching into the woods in search of this creature or animal or whatever it is. They find a set of large wolf tracks and they start following them. And just like the wolf from before and the cow from the last episode, episode 19, the tracks went into the woods and immediately stopped. Then they began to smell a very strange scent, which I don't know if you remember this, but every time that they, that something weird would happen on the property, they would have a really foul stench in the air. Oh yeah, I do remember that. So for the next month, the team didn't find any other evidence of this creature or any other animals that seemed to be harmed other than the dogs were still acting weird for an, an entire month. They were too afraid to even leave their kennels. Um, a few more months go by and Terry is working on the property again and he drives by a corral of four large bulls. So he goes to one end of the property and he does whatever task he needed to do for the day. And then he drives back to the other side of the property at the end of the day. And where those four large bulls were, they're now gone. They're missing. Yeah. So he panicked because he's like, four bulls is very expensive. If they had been stolen that's not okay. If they've gone out, that's not okay. Like no matter what, like we need to find them because they are very expensive animals. So he goes up to the fence and he realizes the fence is still locked and the perimeter was still secure. And so there's no obvious explanation of how these bulls became missing. Yeah. So he's glancing around trying to figure it out. Um, He yells over to some other people that were working around and he was like, Hey, we're missing these bulls. We need to find them. Then he glances over and he sees this old trailer that had been parked there for years. Yeah. Um, Just abandoned trailer that was sitting next to their corral. He went over to this trailer and he looked inside and he saw these four large bulls all inside the trailer. They were completely calm and they were completely still as if they were in a trance. Oh, I remember this. It's so weird. The weirdest part, too, is that the trailer was still wired shut as if no one had ever opened it. See, that's like all the ev- evidence I feel like you'd ever need, like, especially seeing it. Like, how could you argue that? Right. I feel like I would be going crazy, you know, right? like, well, did yeah. I do that or did somebody else do that or like? You know, like, did that much time really go by or did I actually see them in the pen earlier? Like, I feel like I would question my own. It's also a whole process to get bulls into a trailer anyway. It takes forever, right? Yes. So that was my next point is that the one of the strangest things that they observed about this whole thing was that it would be pretty much impossible to get even just one bull into that trailer. Yeah. And even if they did, it would have taken them hours to get one bull inside and they got all four but the wired shut thing is what is weird yeah super weird so terry he calls over the scientists he says okay something happened (laughs) check it out 
So they come over with all their equipment and they're trying to scan the area, trying to get like evidence of, you know, how it could have happened, trying to get some explanation. Mm -hmm. The only thing that they could find that was different or weird about the area is that the poles to the pen or the corral that they're, the bulls that were, okay. So, you know, the, the corral that the bulls were in originally, Yeah. yeah. The poles that were holding like the fences together were magnetized. Like they were a magnet themselves. Not that like a magnet could. I don't know, guys. Uh, I don't understand magnets, but like. It just said they became magnetized. Okay. So I don't know if that means it becomes a magnet or if it means magnets can stick to it. Well, I feel like magnets could stick to it anyway. But like if it becomes magnetized, I feel it turns it into a magnet so it could then stick to other metal things when it normally wouldn't. Yeah, that's probably right. Let's go with our scientific facts. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So things becoming magnetized, though, that was actually a really common thing in the property or the property having strange magnetic fields became a common theme amongst the property. So the team began using compasses to locate the magnetic fields. Mm. They began realizing that whenever the magnetic field was interrupted by something, they would begin to smell that strange odor. And then their compasses start to point in the direction of the smell. And in that same moment, they would get a feeling like they weren't alone um, and that they were being watched. After several moments of this happening, the needle of the compass would turn itself back to north and then the smell would go away and that creepy feeling of being watched would also go away. So I feel like something's invisible. Yeah. Like something was there and then it wasn't. Right. And like, what if the strange smell is like the burning of their craft landing? Yeah. Or something like that. Or they just stink. Or they just stink. Yeah. <laughs> In 1997, two NIDS researchers were standing up on the ridge line overlooking part of the property and the part of the property that has a homestead on it. And when they were looking down onto this piece of property, they began to see a big bright orange orb manifest down below. Mm -hmm. One of the researchers, they had an infrared scope and immediately pulls it out to look. And when he looked, he saw this orange orb had a long oval shape to it. And they saw a black humanoid creature crawl out of what appeared to be a portal. And as soon as its four limbs hit the ground, this creature started charging towards them. Terrified, they began to smell that horrid smell again. And as luck would have it, the creature ended up running right past them, almost 30 feet away. Did it look at them? It just ran past them like it was just... Right past them. That is weird. What's it doing? What if that's like how they're getting dropped off here? Yeah. Maybe these skinwalkers are experiments of... Okay, I have a theory. Okay. Maybe these things that keep being dropped off to Earth are things that they're like mixing DNA. Because remember, people have said that they've been abducted and Mm -hmm. operated on. So what if they're mixing human DNA with other DNA and making weird creatures and just like leaving Mm -hmm. them on Earth because they're like, well, that didn't work. (laughs) Have it back. Yeah, like what they're trying to make like a like a centaur or something, yeah, you know, make- like what if they what if they made mermaids? Like what if they got a fish DNA, human DNA and made mermaids successfully and then dropped them off here? Yeah. And, and Bigfoot, like a bear and a human. Yeah. And then werewolves, wolves and human. I really think that's very possible. What if they- 
So what they doing with the cows then? Like what <laughs> are they mixing cows and humans? Because I think that would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> So that same year, in 1997, a biochemist on the NIDS team named Colm Kelleher said that he saw he saw a large humanoid creature crouching toward the top of a tree and said it seemed like it appeared that it was spying on them. The next year, in 1998, apparently a lot of the activity died down and all that the team experienced was strange lights hovering above the property. But nothing seemed frightening or threatening to them. The team stayed and attempted to collect as much data as they could, but by 2004, so six years went by, the research really wasn't amounting to anything. So they ended up shutting the project down at Skinwalker Ranch. Mm. By the end of it, they had countless photographs of the strange lights that they saw around the property, as well as documented proof of the cattle that had, had been mutilated. They also had documented eyewitness reports of all kinds of strange experiences that happened on or around the property. So that was as of 2004. So you might think, well, who owns it now? In 2016, the property was purchased by Brandon Fugel for $4.5 million. Wow. And since then, the property has been completely blocked off from all access. All roads leading in are blocked and there is 24-hour surveillance on the property. So no one can even approach the property without the security team knowing about it. Yeah. Strange experiences that have happened in the basin. Okay, so we're moving on. That's pretty much, I don't want to say the end of Skinwalker Ranch because I'm sure there's more and there's a documentary where they're still finding things. Yeah. So I super recommend that. Um, But I want to go on and talk more about just the basin. So Skinwalker Ranch sits in what's called the Uinta Basin. And I talked about it a little bit in episode one, a teeny tiny bit. A lot of people say that the whole basin has activity. People that live there, people that have visited there, people that camp there, you name it. People that just travel through, they say that they have experienced some weird things. Yeah. Reports of UFO sightings have been recorded since at least the 1970s. Residents who live in the basin say that they will see red orbs and apparitions of Native American spirits. The Native American spirits make sense to me. Yeah. Because that was their land, you know. That was, yeah, for sure. So on the Utah Haunted History Facebook page, I saw several comments on different posts of people claiming to own property or know people who own property in the basin and near Skinwalker Ranch. And they say that before they even knew the strange things that happened on the ranch, they were having their own experiences and having that creeped out feeling. And like, they knew something was off even before they knew about Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. Someone commented and said that when they were a kid, they would drive their four-wheeler on a trail that goes right past Skinwalker Ranch. And said that one time they felt like they were being chased by an unknown entity as soon as they went onto that trail. Oh my gosh. That's freaking scary to feel like you're being chased. Mm -hmm. And not knowing what you're being chased by. Right. Local ranchers have made the same claim as the owners of Skinwalker Ranch, that their animals have gone missing and then turned up minutes to days later completely mutilated. A commenter on the Utah Haunted uh, History Facebook page said that they lived about two property lines over from Skinwalker Ranch and said that their property would randomly have holes dug up in the ground, but too large of a hole that one animal could do it by themselves. And... It was also done in such a short amount of time that there was no explanation of how these holes were dug up. Huh. Like a sinkhole, maybe? No, like it's dug. Like there's earth moved out of the way. Dug. Okay. Hmm. Um, 
Another commenter said that so another commenter said that they grew up in the basin and said that during the summer they would sit outside and watch the lights in the sky and didn't realize how that wasn't normal until they moved away. Oh wow. Yeah, isn't like that one really got me because I'm like, that would be so bizarre. Just to be like, oh, look at those lights. Like you just think it's whatever. It's just normal, and, then, and it's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then you then you like you move somewhere else and you're like, where's the lights? Yeah, <laughs> what know? happened to the lights? And they're like, what lights? <laughs> you're like, Yeah. What? That's right. crazy. A commenter also on that same Facebook page named Adam T said that one time they were camping alone and so that they experienced hearing the sound of children's voices in the wind. That is so creepy to me. That's like children of the corn freaking psycho. Oh, well, and it kind of reminds me of uh, the frick. What is it called? The water babies. You remember how like they kind of like imitate baby sounds to make you go near it. What if it's like children noises? To like try to like beckon him into a certain area. Ugh. Ugh. I don't like that. I don't either. Um, he also saw an eight foot tall figure standing off in the distance as soon as it got dark. Yeah. Their vehicle doors kept opening and closing on their own, and they saw strange lights in the sky. There are also several comments about how there's frequently strange noises like humming around the basin, and no one can ever figure out where it's coming from. Huh. I read a story of someone saying that they were walking outside one night when they heard what sounded like someone had chimed a triangle, like, you know, those little triangle. Um, And he said that the ringing of the chime went on for what felt like forever. And then suddenly a small circular object about the size of a bird flew from out of the flew from out of nowhere, super fast and circled around him a few times and then flew away. And then that ringing noise stopped. It's like a drone. Yeah, kind of, huh? Put a circle. Someone said they were driving through the area when the radio began to cut out and became staticky. Then he heard a voice come over the radio that said, pure evil. And the radio came back on as if nothing happened. That's freaky. (laughs) Okay, so a commenter in the Utah Haunted History Facebook page said his uncle lives about two to three miles from Skinwalker Ranch and said that one morning he found his 500-pound anvil at the top of his 40-foot tree with absolutely no explanation of how it got there. Huh. I'm thinking, how could a tree hold a 500-pound anvil? Anvil. Anvil? How do you say anvil? Anvil. 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 Anyway. Travelers who have driven through the basin have claimed to see a man with a wolf head standing on the side of the road, but we'll see him in a blip of a second and then he's gone. People have been spooked when camping at a nearby reservoir, so much so that they packed up and stayed stayed the night at a hotel in a nearby town, which I wonder if that was the reservoir that we stopped at. I think it might have been because that looked like it was camping spots or pavilions or whatever. So we were recording episode 19 at the reservoir. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd think the audio issues would have been during that one instead of the other one. Yeah. But do you remember me saying in episode 19 that, um, oh, who was it? I can't remember who it was, but in the documentary I watched, they, in the very beginning, they said, they're like, I think there's more experiences that people have had that they haven't told anybody about, or that we don't know about, because I think that whatever is here follows people home. (gasps) Don't tell me that. 
I know. So anyway, <laughs> that's that's where that's where my thoughts went. Like, what if the aliens followed us and they're like, crap, we can't let them leave with this story. They are so interested in what we were saying. Or they're trying to delete it. Like, don't, don't. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> we're, we're, we'll do you a favor. <laughs> maybe that's why our freaking recording thing is being stupid. Yeah, maybe. Well, we're getting the story out. <laughs> Strange experiences that happen that have happened outside of the basin great segue for that um in the documentary oh i didn't say it in episode 19 i'm saying it now <laughs> in the documentary on hulu <laughs> it's called extraordinary beliefs yeah um so people who have visited the ranch have had things attached to them and followed them home he says he believes that there are people who have had experiences after leaving the ranch and those stories haven't been shared yet there is a town about one hour southeast of richfield utah which is in like south central utah it's called teasdale utah and i saw a post on the utah haunted history page and this story was of a possible skinwalker encounter the person telling the story didn't say where they were exactly like if they were at home or if they were out in the wilderness camping or what but they said they woke up to an entity standing over them It looked like a Native American entity or a Native American man based on the way that he was dressed. He said that this man looked at him with pure hatred in his eyes and described him or and described his eyes to be a a yellowish red color. So orange. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Um, He said he was shirtless and had long black hair that was mangy and matted. And it seemed like he had campfire soot smeared across his face. Huh. He said that his body didn't seem quite right, though, because this man's limbs seemed like they were elongated and disproportional to his body. And he had a Joker-like grin on his face. Nope. Isn't that creepy? That gives me such uneasy feelings. (laughs) Well, and to have, have, like, a Joker-like grin, but hatred in your eyes is sinister. Like, that's so scary. Like, (laughs) <laughs> Did you just cross your eyes? Yeah. That's Is how, that how I you show, show hatred. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad. We're going to have to get a still of that face and post that to Instagram. <laughs> this is Katie's hatred phase. <laughs> yeah. So if you see that, watch out. <laughs> oh, um, also, there's been weird encounters at Topaz Mountain. Some people compare the experiences that are described at Skinwalker Ranch as happening to them at at Topaz Mountain. I read a story from a person named Ashley P. So that her mom was camping there one night and they heard something outside of their trailer and it sounded like it was trying to get inside. Ashley said her mom got her gun out and was so freaked out that they had the gun pointed at the door the entire night. Oh, wow. That's scary. Um, A commenter named... Ernie T says that he owns a property about 20 miles away from you in a basin and says that the area is riddled with UFO and Bigfoot sightings. He said that a lot of the locals around that area believe the UFO sightings and the Bigfoot sightings are somehow connected, which mm. we connected it as well. Yeah, we did that, not you. <laughs> to this day, there's still no definitive proof as to what could be causing all the strange experiences, but the NIDS team the Sherman family and the locals of Uinta Basin can pretty much all agree that whatever it is seems to be always one step ahead. Yeah. Obviously, I couldn't cover everything. There are a lot of podcasts out there that cover Skinwalker Ranch, um, as well as TV shows, movies, documentaries. So 
just do a quick Google search and you'll find something if you want to learn more. Um, currently, there is a documentary being filmed on the property called The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, and you can find that on the History Channel. And that's my story for episode 20. Nice. So creepy, though. Yeah. Just the unknown of it is what is scary, I guess. Right. I don't know. <laughs> Didn't we talk about this last time where it's like, would you feel better not knowing that there's aliens or feel better know- like having it be confirmed and like a thing that everybody is just like, yeah, aliens, they're here. You know, I feel like I would want to know. Yeah, I remember this conversation now because I feel like I feel better not knowing in a way. Because I think that if I knew if I knew that there were aliens, I would be so nervous because it's like, what are they capable of? Yeah, like ignorance is bliss almost. Yeah, right. But I feel like I would want to know just because I want to. <laughs> just out of curiosity yeah just like i want to know like the answer to all the cold cases i want to know yeah. like just because i it would i like to have the facts i like to have all the whole picture and then i know that not i don't know i don't know i don't know how to explain my thought process about this <laughs> well it's just hard to wrap your head around it you know yeah I don't know. Like it, it really sends you through like what, like, what do I believe in? Yeah. That's the whole thing. Like all of these things send me through a whole like existential crisis because it can, you can question anything. Just even if you think there's a possibility there that there's extraterrestrial, whatever. Okay. Well mm-hmm. then what does that mean to the, your belief system? Does yeah. it add to it or does it completely crumble it? Right. It's so crazy. And then, and then if you don't believe in aliens then how would you explain it? Yeah, well, how would you explain all these weird st- weird things? Yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to episode 20 of Haunt and Cold. Yeah. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Although, we're getting rid of Facebook. Yeah, because, like, no one uses it. No one interacts. Yeah. Okay. So, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. We are going to be posting this video onto Patreon. So if you're a Patreon member, you get to watch this. Yay. So thank you. And thank you for being a Patreon member, by the way. Yes. Um, Also, um, when it comes to Patreon members, I have a whole bunch of stuff I'm sending you. It just takes me a while to put it all together. So it's coming. (laughs) Yeah, it's coming. But definitely if you like never receive it, let us know. But you'll, you'll get it. Definitely, if you have your own personal, paranormal, true crime, even supernatural experiences, we'd love to hear it. Yeah. You can go onto our website at hauntingcold.com and submit your story there. Um, just make sure to mention if you want us to be reading your story or if you want us to like do a Zoom like this and just like interview you about the story mm-hmm. and get your, like, your own experiences about it. Just let us know what you would prefer. Uh, and yeah. What else? That's it. Okay, that's it. Happy Memorial mm. Day. Oh, yeah. Happy Memorial Day. Is Father's Day coming up or is that going to be for the next That's episode? On June 19th. Okay. So the next episode's on June 12th. So we're, we'll, we'll, we'll do say happy Father's Day next time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. Well, have That's a good it. Memorial Day. Have a good summer break. Drive safe. Don't drink and drive. Mm, okay, okay, bye. bye. <laughs>